0: For your morning, all the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic and weather. And here's everything you need to know.
0: The top five at five.
1: Proof of consumer pain under the Biden administration. The U.S. Labor Department reporting inflation hit a 40-year high in January as the Federal Reserve plans to counter with rate hikes. Six out of ten Americans polled told a new CNN poll they disapprove of the job President Biden's doing. Speculation that failed Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton may just make a third run for the White House. She has a big speech planned for next week right here in New York City. The top U.S. commander in Kabul says special favors and special requests from high-level officials worsen the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. Serial incidents of crime forcing the closing of a midtown Manhattan drugstore. The U.S. inflation rate hit 7.5% in January, a 40-year high compared to a year ago. In response, Fed Chair Jerome Powell is signaling an anticipated increase in its benchmark short-term interest rates in March. The first of five planned hikes in 2022.
2: We will use our tools both to support the economy and a strong labor market and to prevent higher inflation from becoming entrenched.
1: The seven and a half percent increase reported by the U.S. Labor Department is the highest since 1982. It doesn't bode well for President Joe Biden heading into the crucial midterm elections. Biden acknowledged the report yesterday, insisting inflation would ease by the end of the year and that the administration will work to drive down prices at the pumps. As for the president's approval ratings, a CNN poll finds six in 10 Americans say they disapprove of how Biden is handling his presidency. Those polled said there's literally nothing Biden has done as president that they approve of. Those polled cited dissatisfaction with the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and the lack of agreement across party lines. 58% of those polled told CNN they disapprove of the job that Biden is doing, and only 41% of respondents approved. Could twice-failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton be making a comeback? The former Secretary of State is set to give a speech to a gathering of New York State Democrats next week, February 17th, Thursday. She'll address the state's Democratic nomination convention at the Sheraton in Times Square. Here's Tucker Carlson weighing in
3: on Fox News. Think of Hillary Clinton as America's national tattoo remover. She alone can erase the stain of our youthful bad judgment. God bless that woman. But wait a second, you say. Hillary can't win. She's yesterday's candidate. This country's got a short attention span. We want the new, new thing. And Hillary Clinton isn't new. She's been around forever.
1: We're bored of her. And she lost the 2016 race, of course, for the White House to Donald Trump. The top U.S. commander in Kabul during the evacuation of Afghanistan said the withdrawal was made even more chaotic due to the special request to evacuate certain people. Making these special requests were the First Lady Joe Biden, Pope Francis, the White House and Congress. Rear Admiral Peter Vasily called the request a distraction on already strained resources. Here's President Biden on NBC.
4: Look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. It wasn't just 2,000, 4,000. We would have to significantly increase the number of troops, and we were back in this, this war of attrition.
1: The admiral says the special favors forced the military to steer away from its established rescue plan to first evacuate American citizens, then lawful permanent residents, and then Afghans who aided the United States. Thousands were left behind. Crime has forced the closure of a Manhattan Rite Aid at 50th Street and 8th Avenue. Criminals have stolen over $200,000 in merchandise, part of a citywide pattern of shoplifting. The chain has announced the closing of over 60 of its other drug stores due to these serial thefts, leaving store shelves empty. Here's actor Michael Rappaport last month talking about a similar experience at another Rite Aid on the Upper East Side. This f- guy just...
4: Filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th and 1st Avenue. He's walking down the street like, is Gucci. Look at me in my face like, what's good?
1: And that Rite Aid, that Rappaport visited and is talking about it's at 80th Avenue and 1st Avenue. It's scheduled to shut down as well. That's expected to happen on February 15th. 77 WABC time check coming up on 507. Let's head over to the traffic desk with Frank Diaz. Morning, Frank.
3: Hey. Deb, well, we got union. We got some construction on I seventy eight on the eastbound side between exit fifty two and fifty six. All lanes are closed intermittently until about six a.m. All the bridges and tunnels look uh, pretty good on both sides right now. Over to the island, we got two lanes closed on the eastbound Sunrise Highway between Buffalo Avenue and Wisem Avenue due to construction. Also, some heavy traffic on the in Jericho on the westbound lie between exit forty and thirty five. One lane blocked in the Bronx. Also, on the Deegan Expressway up to from exit nine. And it's up to exit 10 with some stop-and-go traffic. No major transit delays right now. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz of Traffic on the seventh for 77 WABC. All
1: right, thanks. Frank, And taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. In a little bit of warmer conditions over the next few days. Sunshine today Our high near 54. Mostly cloudy tonight. The lows 46. Tomorrow, we have a 20% chance of showers after 1 p.m., so a chance of showers in the afternoon. Partly sunny skies, though. The high up to 56 tomorrow. Right now, we have 36 degrees, partly cloudy skies here in the city. The Christini's supermarket chain is beefing up its security in the wake of this week's caught-on-camera hamburglar heist of steaks from a rival Trader Joe's store, 77WABC. And christiti's owner, John Katsimatiti, said... Shoplifting incidents at his stores has spiked between 40 and 50 percent recently. He also blames bail reform for an increase in crime throughout the city.
0: The number one question, there's only one thing this November. The number one question this November is, are you pro-crime and criminals in our streets, or are you pro-safety in our streets?
1: And the announcement came two days after the New York Post published an exclusive video of a man allegedly swiping 10 packages of meat from the Trader Joe's store in the East Village Tuesday morning.
4: Did you pay for any of that? Yep. You did? Yep. You got a receipt? Yep. How come they were chasing
5: you then? They wanted a basket. What? They wanted the basket. Oh, they wanted the basket? Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: And many retailers say crime has gotten so bad that they are forced to lock up even small items. Earlier this week, the Reverend Al Sharpton of the National Action Network here in New York complained on MSNBC about toothpaste being locked up, calling on New York City Mayor Eric Adams to do more to fight crime. Left-wing New York Times Magazine reporter Nicole Hannah-Jones scolded the Reverend Sharpton Wednesday after he shared the network's discussion of New York's struggles to stop petty theft. She also criticized a segment with Sharpton on Wednesday.
0: You go to a local pharmacy, Drain Weed or write Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help yeah. assist you. I mean, they, they have the little button there. Yep. You hit the buzzer, and the guy comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. Yes. I mean, we're talking about basic stuff. <laughs> that's and that's it. <laughs> exactly. And said, as well. What did I miss that we now have to lock up toothpaste?
1: And Jones is the creator of the controversial 1619 project. She also took to Twitter to criticize MSNBC for spending airtime reporting about the Trader Joe shoplifter stealing steaks, saying that it's not national news. Retailers say ongoing store thefts are responsible for driving up prices for honestly paying customers. More violent crime within New York City subway system. Police say a man is on the run this morning after stabbing a 19-year-old female after she. And her boyfriend ignored him after he repeatedly asked him what time it was. The stabbing took place about 12.30 Thursday morning on the number 1 train at 181st Street in Washington Heights. The teen is in stable condition at a hospital. Police say they are also investigating three other stabbings in Upper Manhattan and the Bronx overnight. In an unprovoked attack in Midtown, a South Korean diplomat was punched in his face right near West 35th Street and 5th Avenue. This happened Wednesday night. The diplomat was taken to NYU Langone Hospital in stable condition, and police say that investigation is ongoing. So far, no arrests have been made. A self-proclaimed chunky living out in San Francisco says the city's soft-on-crime policies and government assistance make it very easy for him to be homeless. This man's identified only as James, shared how he receives $620 in cash each and every month and 200 food stamps. He says he sells Narcan to addicts and enjoys streaming services on his phone.
3: Right
2: now, it's it's literally by choice. Literally by choice. Like, why would I want to pay rent? I'm not doing it. I got a cell phone that I have Amazon Prime and Netflix on. We used to battle with the cops. Now, it's like the cops are, it's like they're your neighbor, you know?
1: Mayor London, Brutus San Francisco, recently did launch an emergency campaign to try and crack down on open-air drug use and drug dealing. Meanwhile, President Biden's answer to Battle Drug Addiction, a $30 million grant program intending to provide funds to nonprofits and local governments to make drug use safer to advance, quote, racial equity, unquote. While students fed up with mask mandates say they want freedom. Students in states such as California, Illinois, and Washington Remaining where masks uh, it, uh, regulations remain in place due to COVID have been protesting. Students in several of these states have actually been staging walkouts.
4: Good job. You stand up stand up stand up.
1: Several states, including New Jersey and New York, though, are ending school mask mandates in the coming weeks, but not in New York. New York's Governor Kathy Hochul, a Democrat, says she will reconsider it after winter break as she urges more vaccinations. Meanwhile, cases of COVID-19 are down across the nation as of February 2nd. Cases are down 53% from their peak on January 15th. However, community transmission rates are still high nationwide. History in the making. Tanya Telto has been tapped as the first layperson to lead Fordham University as its 33rd president. Tetlow posted a video message. I grew up in New Orleans, but Fordham is the reason that I exist. My parents met there as graduate students and got married, and I was born in New York. Fordham loomed large in my family. It was an institution of breathtaking excellence in the most exciting city in the world. All right, so Tina Tetlow tapped as the First layperson to lead Fordham University as its 33rd president. She made that comment during her video message. She is a former law professor and current president of Loyola University in New Orleans. She also has deep ties to the Jesuits and New York. Tetlow's tenure as the 33rd president of Fordham will begin on July 1st. 77 WABC time check 514. I'm Deborah Valentine with your early news. We are a little bit early, but uh, Justin Ellick is ready and he's at the sports desk. Good morning, Justin.
2: Good morning, Deb. Thank you very much. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. As we anticipated yesterday, big news came out of the NBA trade trade deadline as the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers came to terms on a blockbuster deal that sent superstar James Harden down I-95 to Philadelphia to pair up with potential league MVP Joel Embiid, in the deal, Paul Mills- Millsap will join Harden on his trip down to Philly in exchange for Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks. Since Brooklyn's Big Three assembled last season, Harden, Duran, and Irving only played in 16 games together, going 13-3 and in those games. Oh, what could have been. Speaking of the Nets, they could use the reinforcements ASAP as last night they registered their 10th straight loss, losing 113-112 to to the Wizards in Washington. We'll see if the Nets can get their new acquisitions up to speed in time for their matchup with the Heat tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. The Knickerbockers, who much to the chagrin of fans did not make a move at the deadline, had better luck last night on the road against the Golden State Warriors, coming away with a 116-114 win. They'll try and keep it rolling tomorrow in Portland against the Trailblazers. Quickly, let's check, on, check in on some hockey as the Devils came, came away winners last night in St. Louis as they buried the Blues 7-4, to a five-goal blitz in the third period from the Devs suffocated the Blues, who were seemingly hanging on for dear life. New Jersey will enjoy the fruits of this win until Sunday afternoon when they're set to host the Pittsburgh Penguins in Newark. News out of the NFL yesterday, as well as we head into the biggest weekend of the year for the league, as Aaron Rodgers was awarded his fourth league MVP, that trails Peyton Manning for the NFL record for with five. So um, we'll see if he can top that in the future, uh, probably with a, another organization. Uh, with here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
1: All right, thanks, Justin. And heading over to the traffic desk, we've got Frank Diaz with the latest. Hey, Dadwell and
3: Union, we got some construction still on I seventy eight on the eastbound side between exit fifty two and fifty six. All lanes closed intermittently until about six a.m. All the bridges and tunnels are still looking pretty good right now. But over to the island, we got two lanes closed on the eastbound Sunrise Highway between Buffalo Avenue and Wyseham due to construction. Also, some heavy traffic in Jericho on the westbound LIE between exits forty and thirty five. Head into Hudson Valley and Highland on US forty four between Till. The Tilson Avenue and Van Wagner Road on both sides. It's closed due to a water main break that happened overnight. Also going to Putnam Valley, we've got an accident blocking the shoulder on the southbound side of the Taconic State Parkway before Highway 301. Heading over to the city, two lanes blocked in the Bronx on the Deegan Expressway. Some stop-and-go traffic there from exits 9 to 10. There's also an accident on the southbound Bronx River Parkway from exits 6 to 7. Stop-and-go traffic in Brooklyn on the eastbound side of the BQE between Hamilton Avenue and Cabin Plaza. There's also no major transit delays. Alternate-side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with traffic on the 7s Four Seventy Seven 77 WABC.
1: Thanks, Frank, and let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice day, sunshine, our high near 54, light winds to 15 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly cloudy skies, low dips to 46. We have a 20% chance of showers tomorrow in the afternoon. Other than that, partly sunny skies with a high Saturday near 56 degrees. Right now, we're holding steady at 36 degrees under
0: partly cloudy skies. Brent Morano has your business report. The trading week is winding down on Wall Street, a day after stocks closed lower on an inflation report that showed a faster-than-expected rise in prices. Investors are fearing that the Federal Reserve will be more aggressive as a measure to contain the rising inflation rate. The 10-year Treasury yield rose above 2% as a result. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones lost 526 points, the S&P 500 fell 83, and the Nasdaq dropped 305 points. A survey of CEOs says most corporate bosses worry inflation will continue to hamper the U.S. economy this year, even if the Fed addresses the issue. Nearly 75% of CEOs polled by the conference board said the Federal Reserve's expected move to hike interest rates multiple times this year was unlikely to quickly cool inflation. Inflation surged to a fresh four-decade high of seven and a half percent in January. Tesla is recalling nearly 579,000 vehicles in the U.S. over concerns a boombox feature letting users play sounds over an external speaker could make it harder for pedestrians to hear the car coming. This is the fourth recall in the past two weeks. For the embattled electric vehicle manufacturer, following concerns over windshield defrosting, seatbelt warning sounds, and issues with the vehicle not stopping at junctions. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. Mm. I'll see you Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on the Cats Roundtable.
1: All right. And you heard Frank talk about interest rates and concerns as well over inflation. And that is driving the market into the red this morning. Futures for the Dow down 526 points. The S&P 500 in the red, two down 83. The Nasdaq has fallen 304 points this morning.
0: The WABC Early News.
1: Despite a record number of migrants pouring across the U.S.-Mexico border, fentanyl seizures are down by more than 50 percent. WABC Radio's Lydia Serrani spoke with Texas Republican candidate for Congress Ed Cabrera on the devastating impact the open border is having on border towns and why he thinks it won't stop there.
6: And this is Lydia Serrano. On the line with me right now is Ed Cabrera. He is a leading Hispanic businessman and Republican candidate for Texas's 28th congressional district. Welcome, Mr. Cabrera.
4: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation.
6: So talk to me about what's going on in Texas, specifically when it comes to illegal immigration.
4: We've seen the surge of uh, illegals being captured. Uh, historically, it's been 50,000 captures per month. During the Trump era, it, it dropped about 20, 25,000 per month. But now we're pretty close to 200,000 captures every single month. And the impact on our community is profound. I'm a rancher. I'm 30 miles away from the border. And, you know, our uh, our neighborhood being overrun. It's a, it's a war zone out there. And I think the community, which is very heavy Hispanic, you're seeing along the border, most of the counties are 95 percent plus uh, Hispanic and Latinos. And they're uh, rebelling against the Democratic Party. And you're beginning to see major inroads by the Republican Party in the community.
6: Mr. Cabrera, tell me about some of the side effects to having an open border, specifically in those Texas towns.
4: The impact is uh, both large and small. Um, obviously, you know they, they use our our healthcare facilities, the hospitals when they come across if they're if they're hurt, uh, if they have COVID, uh, it, it impacts our, our hospitals. Uh, there are also uh, a tremendous amount of uh, we have to house them, we have to feed them.
6: And Mr. Cabrera, from my understanding, you are all for immigration. You're just against illegal immigration. And we're also hearing about drugs coming across the border, sex traffickers coming across the border. That's correct. I'm a Cuban immigrant. I came over. My father was a political uh, refugee. Uh, we
4: applied. We waited two years. Uh, you know, we did it the right way. And and I'm blessed to have been allowed to come to this country. Uh, but, you know, the illegals are coming in and they're jumping in front of the line. And, and you know, we have processed to, to have people come in legally, So uh, and it's just draining the community. Um, so uh, no question about it. And what's happened down here, I've lived down here since 1983. Uh, illegal immigration used to be handled, it was a cottage industry. Now it's being run by the drug cartel. It's the same business, the drug trafficking, the human trafficking. It's, it's a diversification. It's a business. And they're making close to $36 billion in human trafficking. They're making $100 billion in uh, drug trade. So the drug cartels now are using that money and the power to corrupt our system. So the corruption that we're seeing, the incredible power of money and corruption in Mexico is beginning to infiltrate into the poor counties along the border, and um, it, it's only going to get worse. So uh, we have a serious problem, and eventually it's going to move for, uh, north into San Antonio and eventually you know, kind of uh, have the same impact we've seen in Mexico where it's become a narco state.
6: Wow, incredible. Well thank you so much, Ed Cabrera. Again, you are a leading Hispanic businessman and Republican candidate for Texas's 28th congressional district. Come back anytime. Thank you and again, this is Lydia Serrani for 77 WABC News
1: and thanks, Lydia. U.S Customs and Border Protection figures show that more than two million illegal immigrants came across the Mexican border last year. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has conceded that January 6th was a, quote, violent insurrection, unquote. His comment in line with that of an earlier comment by Senate Republican Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. McCarthy's stance comes after he was actually mocked by Democrats for walking away from an ABC News reporter asking him about the RNC censure of Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney for serving on the committee investigating January 6th.
0: You know,
1: Meanwhile, former President Donald Trump tore into McConnell on Wednesday and said he does not represent the voice of the Republican Party after the Senate minority leader called January 6th an insurrection and criticized the censor of Kin- Kinzinger and Cheney. Congress on Wednesday opened an investigation into President Trump's handling of White House records after he denied a report that he flushed official documents down the toilet. Trump has insisted he handed over boxes to the National Archives willingly. National Archives officials recovered some 15 boxes of White House materials and gifts from Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence recently. Reports, though, emerged this month that the former president would often rip official documents up and send others to be incinerated at the Pentagon. Trump insisted that the transfer of boxes to the National Archives and Records Administration was done openly and willingly. The former president also called the media's characterization of the probe fake news. blue states this week announced the dropping of mask mandates for students, but the CDC is remaining firm on its mask up stance. Director of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, says it's due to the variant's high transmission rate. Our hospitalizations are still high. Our death rates are still high. So as we work towards that and as we um, are encouraged by the current trends, we are not there yet. COVID-19 cases as well as hospitalizations are continuing to decline across the U.S. As of February 2nd, cases are down over 53 percent from their peak in mid-January. However, community transmission remains high nationwide. ICE has blamed Washington, D.C.'s sanctuary city policy for not apprehending the Mexican man responsible for drawing swastikas last month on Union Station. The Washington Examiner reporting Thursday that ICE did not even attempt to take into custody 34-year-old Geraldo Pando, despite the fact that he'd been deported four times already and had a 15-year criminal history. Here's former President Donald Trump weighing
0: in. You have no choice. This November, you have to throw... These raving lunatics, the hell out of power and elect strong, smart, tough Republicans who will restore your borders, protect your safety, defend your jobs and put America first.
1: And the examiner explained that Pando did not meet the Biden administration's criteria for an ICE arrest. As a so-called sanctuary city, the D.C. City Council doesn't allow its local law enforcement to hand illegal immigrants over to federal immigration authorities. The criteria includes those deemed a national security threat, anybody who entered the country after November 1st, or individuals convicted of an aggregate, uh, aggravated felony or affiliated with a gang. 77 WABC time check coming up on 527. Uh, Frank Diaz is busy at the traffic desk. Morning once again, Frank.
3: Hey, Dan Bull and Union. We still got some construction on I 78 on the eastbound side between exit 52 and 56. All lanes are closed uh, intermittently until about 6 a.m. Also, the bridges and tunnels looking pretty good right now. Over to the island, we've got two lanes closed on the eastbound Sunrise Highway between Buffalo Avenue and Wisom due to construction. Also, some heavy traffic in Jericho on the westbound side of the LIE between exits 40 and 35. Over to Hudson Valley and Highland on US44 between Tillotson Tilson Avenue and Van Wagner Road on both sides closed due to a water main break that happened overnight. Also going to Putnam Valley, we got an accident blocking the shoulder on the southbound side of the Taconic State Parkway before, before Highway 301. Heading over to the city, two lanes blocked in Brooklyn on the westbound side of the BQE after Exit 24. Some slow traffic all the way back to the Gowanus Canal. Stop and go traffic also on the eastbound side of the BQE between Exits 26 and Cadman Plaza. We still have that accident blocking two lanes in the Bronx on the Deacon Expressway. Some stop traffic there between University Heights and. 230th street there's also another accident on the southbound bronx river parkway from exit six to seven making some slow traffic there no major transit delays at the moment alternate side parking rules are in effect i'm frank diaz with traffic on the sevens for 77 wabc thanks frank and your forecast from the ramsey mazda weather center
1: calling for a warm-up sunshine today or high near 54 mostly cloudy skies overnight the low 46 it clears in time for tomorrow we do have a 20 percent chance of showers though tomorrow afternoon with partly sunny skies And even warmer, the high up to 56. Right now, 36 degrees, partly cloudy skies in the city. The official cause of death of beloved actor Bob Saget was head trauma. The medical examiner ruled Saget apparently fell, suffering a head injury and went to bed, apparently thinking nothing of it, unaware that he had a skull fracture. And the autopsy revealed that Saget also had COVID-19. Here's Saget's widow, Kelly Rizzo. He was just on his way home or back to his hotel and just was telling me what a wonderful show he had and how it was so amazing. And he was happy and just loving what he did. It made him so happy. And the 65-year-old comedian was found dead inside of his hotel room at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, Florida back on January 9th while in town to perform. Oh, you know who that is? It's British singer-songwriter Sting, and he has sold his career music catalog to Universal Music Publishing Group. The company said Thursday it's the latest such move by an artist to cash in on their work. The deal compromises the entirety of Sting's solo works, as well as those when he was with The Rock and the police. Sources familiar with this deal told Reuters that the deal is valued at 300 million bucks 77 WABC Time Check, 529. Deborah Valentine with your early news. We'll be back with more sports, weather, and traffic right after the break.
0: It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.
1: Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Welcome back. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know.
5: It's the top five at 530.
1: Proof of more consumer pain under the Biden administration. The U.S. Labor Department reporting inflation hit a 40-year high in January as the Federal Reserve plans to counter with rate hikes. Six out of ten Americans polled told a new CNN poll they disapprove of the job President Biden's doing. Speculation that failed Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton may make a third run for the White House. She has a big speech plan for next week in New York City. The top U.S. commander in Kabul says special favors, special requests from high-level officials worsen the chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. And several incidents of crime forcing the closing of a midtown Manhattan drugstore. The U.S. inflation rate hit 7.5% for January year-over-year, a 40-year high compared to a year ago. In response, Fed Chair Jerome Powell is signaling an anticipated increase in its benchmark short-term interest rates in March, planned to be the first of five hikes planned this year.
2: We will use our tools both to support the economy and a strong labor market, and to prevent higher inflation from becoming entrenched.
1: The 7.5% hike reported by the U.S. Labor Department yesterday is the highest since 1982. This does not bode well for President Joe Biden and the Biden administration heading into the crucial midterm elections this November. President Biden yesterday acknowledged the report, insisting inflation would ease by the end of this year and that the administration will work to drive down prices at the pumps. As for President Joe Biden's approval ratings, the new CNN poll finds six in 10 Americans disapprove of how Biden is handling his presidency. Those polled said there's literally nothing Biden has done as president that they approve of. Those polled cited dissatisfaction with the handling of the COVID-19 pandemic and also the lack of agreement across party lines. 58 percent of those polled by CNN disapprove of the job Biden's doing and only 41 percent of those respondents to that CNN poll approved. Could twice failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton be making a comeback? The former Secretary of State is set to give a speech to a gathering of New York State Democrats next week, February 17th. That's next Thursday. She'll address the state's Democratic nomination convention at the Sheraton in Times Square. Here's Tucker Carlson weighing in on Fox
3: News. Think of Hillary Clinton as America's national tattoo remover. She alone can erase the stain of our youthful bad judgment. God bless that woman. But wait a second, you say. Hillary can't win She's yesterday's candidate. This country's got a short attention span. We want the new, new thing. And Hillary Clinton isn't new. She's been around forever. We're bored of her.
1: She lost the 2016 race, of course, for the White House to Donald Trump. The top U.S. commander in Kabul during the evacuation of Afghanistan back in August said the withdrawal was made even more chaotic due to special requests to evacuate certain people. And now making these special requests were people like First Lady Jill Biden, Pope Francis, the White House and congressional members. Rear Admiral Peter Vasily called the request a distraction on already strained resources. Here's President Joe Biden on NBC.
4: Look, there was no good time to get out. But if we had not gotten out, they acknowledged that we would have had to put a hell of a lot more troops back in. It wasn't just 2,000, 4,000. We would have to significantly increase the number of troops. And we were back in this this war of attrition.
1: The admiral says the special favors forced the military to steer away from its established rescue plan to first evacuate American citizens, the lawful permanent residents, and then Afghans who aided the United States. Thousands were left behind. Crime has forced the closure of a Manhattan Rite Aid at 50th Street and 8th Avenue here in the city. Criminals have actually stolen over $200,000 in merchandise. It's all part of a citywide pattern of shoplifting. The chain has announced the closing of over 60 of its drugstores due to these serial thefts, leaving store shelves empty in the, the chain without stock. Here's actor Michael Rappaport last month talking about a similar experience at another Rite Aid on the Upper East Side. This f-
4: guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th and 1st Avenue. He's walking down the street like is gucci look at me in my face like what's good
1: and that right a that rapaport was talking about there is at 80th avenue 80th uh, street and first avenue it is scheduled to be shut down shortly on february 15th next tuesday 77 wabc time check is 5:37. Oh, let's head over to the traffic desk with
3: frank diaz Hey, Deb. Well, uh, over in Edison, some stop-and-go traffic on both sides of Route 1 and Union. We also have some construction on I-78 on the eastbound side between exits 52 and 56. All lanes are closed intermittently until about 6 a.m. The Bridges and tunnels are looking pretty good right now over to the island. Still two lanes closed on the eastbound side of the Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Wisem due to the construction. Some heavy traffic in Jericho on the westbound side of the LIE between exits 40 and 35. Heading to Hudson Valley in Highland on US 44 between Tilson Avenue and Van Wagner Road. Both sides are closed due to a water main break that happened overnight. Also in Putnam Valley you got an accident blocking the shoulder on the southbound side of the Taconic State Parkway before Highway 301. And over the city two lanes still blocked in Brooklyn on the westbound side of the BQA, BQE excuse me, on exit 24. Some slow traffic all the way back to the Gowanus Canal. We also have some stop-and-go traffic on the eastbound side of the BQE between exits 26 and Cadman Plaza. There's also that accident blocking two lanes in the Bronx on the Deegan Expressway, so some stop traffic there between University Heights and West 230th Street. It's also that accident on the southbound side of the Bronx River Parkway from exit six to seven, making some slow traffic happening over there. No major transit delays at the moment. those inside parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with your traffic on the sevens for seventy-seven WABC.
1: Hi, thanks, Frank. And your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center: sunshine today, our high near fifty-four, light winds, mostly cloudy overnight, the low down to forty-six degrees, and tomorrow partly sunny skies. But we do have a 20 percent chance of afternoon showers and the high tomorrow near 56. Right now, 34 degrees, partly clear skies here in the city. A former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will speak publicly, quote, relatively soon, unquote, about the sexual harassment scandal that forced him from office. He was forced to resign following a scathing report from New York Attorney General Letitia James that found He sexually harassed 11 women, allegations that he has denied all along. And uh, Cuomo apparently has no plans to, quote, move on, his defense lawyer said Thursday.
4: I never touched anyone inappropriately. I never touched anyone inappropriately.
1: His attorney, Rita Glavin, said during a virtual news conference that the former governor has not actually set a date for his reemergence. But she did say, I do expect you are going to be hearing from the governor relatively soon on the issue. Cuomo has vowed through uh, different people in his circle to, quote unquote, go after Letitia James because of that scathing report. Glavin also claimed that five criminal investigations prove Cuomo didn't harass anybody even though multiple district attorneys called his accusers credible. All deadly gunfire in East Flatbush, Brooklyn, yesterday with dozens of shots ringing out in broad daylight. Dozens of shots ringing out on Wilmore Street, fatally striking a man several times in his chest. A second victim uh, also hit by that gunfire in stable condition after being struck by gunfire several times as well. Police say a third victim, possibly involved in the shooting, sought treatment for a gunshot wound at Mount Sinai Hospital. A man in a leather jacket, a black mask, black gloves, seen fleeing that shooting scene so far, though no arrest remains under investigation by the NYPD. A new position at the Pentagon for former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg. He's been nominated to be the next chair of the Pentagon's Defense Innovation Board. The board provides advice to senior defense leaders on how to fast-track innovation to meet national security threats. The Pentagon announcement noted Bloomberg's wealth of experience as an innovator in business, government, and philanthropy. Bloomberg founded the financial data and media company Bloomberg LP and launched Bloomberg Philanthropies, one of the largest philanthropic organizations in the United States. Efforts at unionization are brewing at Starbucks. Employees at four New York City Starbucks have filed petitions to unionize. It's a move fiercely opposed by corporate leaders. The workers from Starbucks stores in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Long Island submitted petitions with the National Labor Relations Board to organize through Workers Unite. It's an affiliate of the Service Employees International Union. The same group represents workers at two Buffalo-area Starbucks that have already successfully formed unions. Former vice presidential candidate and Alaska Governor Sarah Palin is suing The New York Times for libel. Closing arguments in her case are expected later today. The New York Times published an assertion in a 2017 editorial that a map created by her political action committee allegedly helped incite the gunman who wounded U.S. Representative Gabby Giffords. Now, Palin said it was devastating that the Times linked her to a mass shooting that killed six people and wounded others. Here's Palin caught outside the courthouse by reporters. Excuse me. me. And the Times editorial was published the same day that a gunman opened fire on Republican members of Congress at a northern Virginia baseball field in 2017. The piece, which was edited by then editorial page editor James Bennett, mentioned the 2011 mass shooting that wounded Giffords and asserted that there was a, quote, clear, unquote, link between that shooting and political incitement. Rents which fell drastically during the viral pandemic are back to near record levels here in Manhattan. Real estate appraiser Miller Samuel told the New York Post rent surged 23 percent in January. The median price of an apartment in the Big Apple almost uh, actually just over thirty four hundred dollars nearing the January 2020 record of thirty five hundred bucks. Listings are down a whopping 83 percent from twenty six thousand available apartments Back in January of last year, there are now just over about 4,300 apartments available, according to these statistics. Ben & Jerry's corporate parent Unilever announced it will work to find a new arrangement this year for selling its ice cream in Israel. The about-face coming after the Vermont-based company announced it would no longer sell its products in the occupied Palestinian territories. It was the first time that Unilever CEO Alan Jope addressed his subsidiary's future plans for Israel – since the controversial boycott of Jewish settlements was announced back in July of last year. Ben and Jerry's announcement sparked a big backlash with several states, including New York and New Jersey, pulling their investments from Unilever in protest. Ben and Jerry's accounts for about 3% of the world's ice cream market. Again, I'm Deb Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. Seventy-seven WABC time check 544 now, and let's head over to the sports desk with Justin Ellick. Morning, Justin. Once again,
2: good morning, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update at said sports desk, which is really just an extension of your desk, Deb, but uh, that's okay.
1: Well, uh, I'm happy to share the desk. Listen, with
2: you. that's fine by me. I don't. I don't need. I don't need a sports desk. Okay, that's fine. I'm not making any demands. Well, let's let's hop into sports, as we anticipated (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) Big news out of the NBA trade deadline as the Brooklyn Nets and Philadelphia 76ers came to terms on a blockbuster deal that sent superstar James Harden down I-95 to Philadelphia to pair up with potential league MVP Joel Embiid. In the deal, Paul Millsap will join Harden on his trip down to Philly in exchange for... Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round draft picks. Since Brooklyn's Big Three assembled last season, Harden, Durant, and Irving only played in 16 games together, going 13-3 and in those games. We can only imagine what could have been. Speaking of the Nets, they could use the reinforcements ASAP, as last night they registered their 10th straight loss, losing 113-112 to to the Wizards in Washington. We'll see if the Nets can get their new acquisitions up to speed in time. ...for their matchup with the Heat tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The Knickerbockers, who much to the, to the chagrin of fans, did not make a move at the deadline... ...had better luck last night on the road against the Golden State Warriors... ...coming away with a 116-114 to 114 win. They'll try and keep it rolling tomorrow in Portland against the Trail Blazers. Quickly, let's check in on some hockey as the Devils came away winners last night in St. Louis... ...as they buried the Blues 7-4... Five-goal blitz in the third period from the Devs suffocated the Blues who were seemingly hanging on for dear life. New Jersey will enjoy the fruits of this win until Sunday afternoon when they're set to host the Pittsburgh Penguins in Newark. Also news out of the NFL yesterday as well as we head into the biggest weekend of the year for the league. Aaron Rodgers was awarded his fourth league MVP, which is now one behind Peyton Manning with five. So we'll see if Rodgers can uh, surpass the great Peyton Manning or tie the Uh, Great Peyton Manning first, and then uh, maybe surpass him. We'll see how much longer Aaron Rodgers does have in this league to do so. With your uh, early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC.
0: Very good, Justin Ellick.
1: Wow, you're getting praise from Sid. Now you were talking about the the Super Bowl, and uh, I have an interview coming up with the American Gaming Association, their senior vice president Casey Clark. Did you know seven point six billion dollars is going to be spent in wagers on this year's big game?
2: Yeah, and Sid mentioned yesterday that just in one month now that uh, sports betting has been legal in New York, we've surpassed um, New Jersey and, uh, and and a bunch of other states in in that category that have you know that have had. It legalized here for for a couple of years now so it's obviously a big business and um i think it was the right call to give the people the right to do so
1: yeah it's legalized in 30 states now so not only new york as you mentioned new jersey and connecticut yeah, so exactly. uh, fueling, fueling all these figures so that's that's coming up but for now let's uh, head over to uh, frank diaz with traffic <laughs>
3: Hey, Dave, well, we got uh, the right lane blocked on the uh, inbound upper level of the George Washington Bridge under the apartments due to a disabled truck. Over in Edison, we still got some stop and go traffic on both sides of Route 1. Heavy over to Union, we got some construction on the I 78 eastbound side between exit 52 and 56. All lanes closed intermittently until about 6 a.m. Everything else looks pretty good right now over to the island. We've got two lanes closed on the eastbound side of the Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Wisom Avenues due to construction. Also some heavy traffic starting to build up on all the major highways on the island. Over to Hudson Valley and Highland on the U.S. 44 between Tilson Avenue and Van Wagner Road, both sides closed due to a water main break that happened overnight. Also going to Putnam Valley, we've got an accident blocking the shoulder on the southbound side of the Taconic State Parkway before exit 301. And over to the city, we got some stop-and-go traffic in Brooklyn on the eastbound side of of the BQE between exits 26 and Cadman Plaza. The lane closures on the westbound side of the BQE after exit 24 have now been cleared, as has the accident on the southbound side of the Bronx River Parkway from exit 6 to 7, also out of the way. We saw that accident blocking two lanes on the Bronx, on the Deegan, There's some stop traffic there between University Heights and West 230th Street. Excuse me. The accident on the southbound Bronx River Parkway from exit 6 to 7, also out of the way. No major transit delays. Alternate side parking rules are in effect today. I'm Frank Diaz with Traffic on the 7th or 77 WABC.
0: All
1: right, thanks, Frank, and your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today are high up to 54 degrees, mostly cloudy skies overnight. The low down to 46, 20% chance of showers tomorrow afternoon, partly sunny skies, and even warmer, the high near 56. And right now we've actually lost two degrees, 34 degrees under partly clear skies right now. Frank Morano has your
0: business report. The trading week is winding down on Wall Street, a day after stocks closed lower on an inflation report that showed a faster-than-expected rise in prices. Investors are fearing that the Federal Reserve will be more aggressive as a measure to contain the rising inflation rate. The 10-year Treasury yield rose above 2% as a result. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones lost 526 points, the S&P 500 fell 83, and the NASDAQ dropped 305 points. A survey of CEOs says most corporate bosses worry inflation will continue to hamper the U.S. economy this year, even if the Fed addresses the issue. Nearly 75 percent of CEOs polled by the conference board said the Federal Reserve's expected move to hike interest rates multiple times this year was unlikely to quickly cool inflation. Inflation surged to a fresh four decade high of seven and a half percent in january tesla is recalling nearly 579 thousand vehicles in the u.s over concerns a boombox feature letting users play sounds over an external speaker could make it harder for pedestrians to hear the car coming this is the fourth recall in the past two weeks for the embattled electric vehicle manufacturer, following concerns over windshield defrosting, seatbelt warning sounds, and issues with the vehicle not stopping at junctions. I'm Frank Morano with your business report on 77 WABC. I'll see you Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on the Cat's Roundtable.
1: All right, thanks, Frank. And futures in the red over inflation fears. The Dow down 526 points this morning, 1.47 percent. S&P 500 down 83 the Nasdaq down 304.
0: The W.A.B.C. Early News. I
1: well, ahead of Sunday's big game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the L.A. Rams, I spoke with the American Gaming Association Senior Vice President Casey Clark about the record amount of money being wagered on the championship game. What is the American Gaming Association? What is it? We're
5: the uh, trade association that represents the interests of the casino gaming industry across the United States. So those are Brick-and-mortar commercial casinos, tribal casinos, online mobile uh, sports betting operators and and suppliers to the industry as well.
1: There is an unbelievable amount of money that you expect to be wagered in this year's big game. And what is this year's total, Casey?
5: Well, this event always is one of the biggest sports betting events of the year. So not surprisingly, we're seeing record numbers of Americans who want to bet. 31.4 million American adults plan to bet on the game this year. And they're going to bet up to $7.61 billion. So really a remarkable increase over last year. And, and a lot of interest from Americans who want to bet legally on the game for the first time.
1: Where do people bet? What avenues are they using?
5: Well, there's a lot of different ways. People are they're from from the casual squares game that might happen at an office or a, a family uh, get together to going to a a physical sports book at a casino property or using uh, a licensed regulated app uh, that's available for you in your market. So in New York, there's certainly a lot of good options for people to to engage, whether that be with that Rivers or FanDuel or DraftKings. So a lot of opportunities for folks to engage in, in a safe way.
1: $7.61 billion. That is absolutely huge. Now, do you think it's because it's become easier to bet and we have all these new avenues? Or is COVID playing in a, a, here because, you know, more people possibly are at home?
5: I think Americans have always liked to bet on sports. They just haven't had legal, safe options to do it. And so what we're seeing is that a lot of people... Now that you have access to legal betting, uh, particularly in New York, where mobile wagering has been such a huge hit in its first month, um, that more people have access to legal regulated sports books. And so they're they're taking advantage of that opportunity and they're migrating away from – the traditional corner bookie or an offshore illegal website. And so we're excited about what that means for the protections of consumers and the integrity of the game, too.
1: Do you have any numbers on how much people wager as individuals?
5: I don't know what the individual wager is. And it's kind of, you know, what we always say is that this should be treated like entertainment for adults. And so, you know, it might be right for for me to bet $5 on the game and and your budget might be a little bit different. But I think it depends on who you are as an individual. But as long as you have a game plan and bet responsibly – you're going to make this a little bit more enjoyable of an experience for you.
1: Any other thoughts or uh, predictions heading into Sunday?
5: Well, a lot of Americans have their money on the Rams. Our, our, our research indicates that 55% of Americans plan to put their money on the Rams for this, this year's game, but as a native Ohioan, my money's on the Bengals.
1: Well, I thank you very much, <laughs> Casey, and very nice talking with you, and thank you very much for being with the 77 WABC Early News. Thank you, Deborah. Have a great day.
0: It's the WABC Early News.
1: All right, heading down to uh, Washington, D.C. now on the Senate floor Thursday afternoon, Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and Illinois Democratic Senator Dick Durbin arguing over how the U.S. should deal with the current Russia-Ukraine crisis. Sanders said that to reach a diplomatic solution, the U.S. would be best served by understanding where Russian President Vladimir Putin is coming from.
2: We must never forget the horrors that a war in the region would cause and must do everything possible to achieve a realistic and mutually agreeable resolution.
1: And Russia has over 100,000 troops staged outside of Ukraine's border. As Putin demands Ukraine and other former Soviet bloc nations not join NATO, and that the troop and equipment buildups in Eastern Europe in support of Ukraine cease. A submarine filled with four tons of cocaine worth a whopping $145 million was intercepted by the Colombian military earlier this week en route to Central America. The armed forces of Colombia said the shipment was seized on Sunday as the submarine entered Colombian waters. Four men on board that vessel, including three Colombians and an Ecuadorian, were arrested on drug trafficking charges. The shipment belonged to a Colombian guerrilla group known as the Alfonso Cano Western Bloc. Former President Donald Trump once told his supporters that he and North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un fell in love. I will explain. A forthcoming book from New York Times reporter and Trump whisperer Maggie Haberman revealed that the men continued their relationship despite Trump being voted out of office. Axios reported on Thursday. It was revealed earlier this week that among the documents Trump allegedly stole from the White House included the letters that he and Kim exchanged. According to Haberman, Trump is telling people that he and Kim continue to communicate. Their relationship evolved over the four years in office, but even after leaving, he says, they continue to chat. While a percentage of people living under some sort of a democracy tumbled last year from over 49 percent to just over 45 percent, that from the economist intelligence units democracy index for 2021 of the 167 territories surveyed just 21 were deemed to be full democracies while 53 fell into the flawed democracies category topping the list were norway new zealand and finland while the uk ranked 18th the u.s which was given a flawed democracy classification fell one spot to 26 afghanistan and myanmar took the bottom two posts just below North Korea. The EIU said the results continued to reflect the negative impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, citing measures such as lockdowns and travel restrictions. 77 WABC Time Check, 557. <laughs> Frank Diaz has the latest
3: on traffic. Hey, Deb, well, that disabled truck on the George Washington Bridge upper level is now cleared on on the inbound side. Excuse me, and still some stop-and-go traffic on both sides of Route 1. Over to Union, we got some construction on I-78 between exits 52 and 56. All lanes closed intermittently until about 6 a.m., so that's just a few minutes from now. All bridges and tunnels on both sides look pretty good for now. Over to the island, you got some two lanes closed on the eastbound side of the Sunrise Highway between Buffalo and Weissom Avenues due to construction. Also, some heavy traffic starting to build up on all the major highways out there. Over to Hudson Valley and Highland on US44 between Tilson Avenue and Van Wagner. Both sides closed due to a water main break that happened overnight, so be careful driving around there. Also in Putnam Valley, we've got an accident blocking the shoulder on the southbound side of the Taconic State Parkway before three, ex, excuse me, Highway 301. Headed to the city, we've got some stop-and-go traffic in Brooklyn on the eastbound side of the BQE between Exits 26 and Cabinet Plaza. Lane closures on the westbound side of the BQE after Exit 24 have now been cleared. The accident on the southbound side of the Bronx River Parkway from Exit 6 to 7 is also out of the way. We still have that accident blocking two lanes on the Bronx on the Deacon Expressway. Some stop traffic there between University Heights and West 230th Street. No major transit delays at the moment. Alternate side parking rules are in effect. I'm Frank Diaz of Traffic on the 7th 7 or 77 WABC.
1: All right, thanks, Frank. And taking a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice day today. Sunshine, our high near 54, so warmer than it has been. Light winds to 15 miles per hour. Overnight, mostly cloudy skies with a low around 46 light winds, and then it clears in time for tomorrow. Partly sunny skies on Saturday, although there is a 20% chance of showers after 1 o'clock in the afternoon tomorrow. And the high near 56, and right now 34 degrees, partly clear skies here in Manhattan. Well, we are working our way to the Bernie and Sid in the morning program coming up at 6 o'clock right here on 77 WABC, New York City's best morning show And uh, join Bernie and Sid 840, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani making an appearance with Bernie and Sid. Of course, you can hear Mayor Giuliani right here on 77 WABC weekdays. And, uh, of course, you know, he's so knowledgeable. The 107th mayor of New York City from 1994 to 2001. And, of course, the previous U.S. Attorney General back in the 1980s. You don't want to miss that interview with former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Again, that's coming up at 840. And, of course, at 30 past each hour during Bernie and Sid, we've got the clip of the uh, day. Dominic Carter talks with Al Sharpton and Eric Adams. You can listen to that at 30 past the hour. And 825 Lydia reports. You don't want to miss it. 32 past each hour. Sid Sports, sponsored by Peerless Boilers. And at 940, the always entertaining Monday through Friday, the Peerless Boilers Beat Bernie Contest. Oh, my God. Yes, Sid. He is in studio. He's ready to go at six o'clock. And uh, so keep it with us right here on 77 W.A.B.C. Nice day today. Sunshine, the high near 54 overnight, the low 46. Another nice day tomorrow. Partly sunny skies, even warmer with a high up to 56. And right now, 34 degrees under clear skies. All right, Deb Valentine with your early news. Be back with us Monday through Friday. Be early at five for the 77 W.A.B.C. Early news. Have a great weekend.